0: All right, you can be seated. I must say how much I'm just thrilled with the worship uh, here. I always have been, and uh, and I remember years ago, I knew Pastor uh, Mike and Beth, in fact, back in Tulsa, and I used to go to a healing school. This would be 1981, 82, uh, maybe 83, a little bit, but um, uh, I, I would... Uh, Recognize, of course, their ministry at that time, and of course, uh, Beth and our worship, and it was always enriching to my spirit and and Then, when they came and started the church out here, i' always so blessed that the Lord hooked our hearts together and that uh, i 'm so privileged uh, really to be an extension of your love in the nations of the world, because every time i 'm come, you all do bless our ministry, so I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness to the Lord here in the local church, and thank you for uh, having a, a, a guy like me go to the nations and, and share the love uh, with your assistants. So praise the Lord for, for that. I loved all the worship sets today, this morning and tonight. Wow, Rich. I like that song we sang about, you know, it's like the longing of the Father. He chases us down. That's what I love about it. He chases us down no matter how disappointed you are with you. I always tell people, you know, the beauty of the love of the Father is that God doesn't see you according to your flesh. He sees you according to Christ. And that's the awe, oh, that's the wonder, that's the, you gotta be kidding me, that's the amazement. Because, see, in our world, we know each other according to the flesh. You know, uh, some of us, like Chip, are real handsome and good looking. Some people like me, not quite as much. But we know each other according to the flesh. But but in, in the Father's world, it's not a merit mindset. And so we have to shift our thinking when we're in our relational component with the Father and don't take our merit world there. Because if you can if you can shift your thinking and understand that your value to the Father is not merit-based you're not, is uncomfortable with you. See, most of us live disappointed with ourselves in one way or another. Isn't that true? We live disappointed because of this or that or the other or we did something stupid, you know, or we sinned, we failed, whatever it is. And so we live disappointed and we try to, we try to put on all these facades, you know, when we go to church or we go to other places in in Latin America this week, like I told you, I was in uh, Colombia and Nicaragua in Panama, I came back from Panama last night. But uh, I was talking with one brother, who who heard me share and teach, and he was uh, he was overwhelmed that I would be so um, simple and open and astonishing with the love of God. And we had a great conversation because he told me he lived hid, based on his human frailties, and he couldn't he couldn't afford to be. Just free in his insecurities. And this is one thing I've learned about the love of the the father. The lyric of that song that that he chases. It's a furious love. In other words, there's no disappointment in God concerning you. So stop living disappointed with you, and I think it's really important because it does tie into healing. And I know tonight's healing school, and so we want to focus on, on healing physically and, and emotionally, and maybe other other areas in life where there's addictions or problems or challenges or strongholds. We all want to be free and live free, but sometimes we live so disappointed in ourselves that it's like we breathe and breed condemnation. We're just we're just not. We're just not happy. And so it's like we don't feel good enough to receive. And this is why for me, uh, I didn't cry much this morning, so tonight I'm going to do it all. Hallelujah. huh? The love of God. I got one over here. Praise the Lord. God bless you. good preaching, isn't it? <laughs> How many of you were here this morning? Awesome. Most of you. How many of you were not here? A few of you. Praise the Lord. I tell you, you you want to you wanna really find a place in your heart for what I tried to unload this morning because it, it, it really gives greater strength to your worldview of what I'm trying to teach tonight. But I, I talked out of Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, where heaven makes an announcement, a post. It was the social media of the day where the Father wants to get the attention of the humankind and he goes to people that could be astonished with love. And so you all know the story, Luke 2, that the, the heavens were filled with the angels and they announced a message about a Savior. Notice, not a judge. A Savior, you know, a Savior does all the saving. Really without your help. I remember uh, years ago, I was drowning in, uh, when I lived in Michigan as a young kid in, in a lake. And uh, I went under and was grasping and then swallowed water and went under again. And I was way out deep and came up again. And, you know, it's like I thought I was going to die. And so I yelled, save me. Have you ever been that desperate? Just save me. I was. And a lifeguard was on this raft out in the deep water and dove off the raft and came directly to me reassuring me all the way. You know, when I got saved, my salvation had nothing to do with me. All I had to do is show I had a need and recognize it and acknowledge it. And that, that lifeguard came to me. And you know, when the lifeguard gave to me, I, was, I, I, I felt so close to death that I fought the lifeguard. You know what the lifeguard did? The lifeguard dunked me Underwater. And then held up and I fought the lifeguard and the lifeguard dunked me again and lifted me up and said, you rest, you rest, you relax. I'm going to work. It's okay. You know, it's hard to rest when you feel like you're dying. And it's the same with physical ailments, sickness, and disease. We struggle, and we fight, and we try to do more, and we try to do better, and we try to fix ourselves instead of just resting. We try to fix ourselves. In fact, because our mindset is so trapped to our own effort that uh, we're, we're, we're afraid just to yield to the Savior. And I'll never forget the... The lifeguard took me all the way back to the the raft in the center of this lake and never condemned me. Never said, You're such a loser. You should have never been out there alone. The only thing the lifeguard did is reassure me to build my life. That's what Jesus does to you. You know, Jesus got nothing on you. Nothing. I know it's hard to believe, but that's why it's called the gospel. It's good news. What is good news about a gospel that uh, still requires you all the time for your salvation? Now, there's something about the astonishing love of God. We find we cooperate, but it's still Him doing all the work. We find we're laboring more abundantly. I'm 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 working hard in life, in the ministry, in the sense of I'm cooperating, but it's all by the grace of God. Now, it has nothing to do with validation. It has nothing to do with improvement. It has nothing to do with being spiritual. It has to do with being thrilled that the love of the Father is in me, and now it's Christ's life through me. It's not I who live. It's Christ who live. I'm just uh, a branch, and he does all the work. He's the vine. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So in Luke 2, this, this imagery of heaven, and the announcement came. We read it in verse 12. It said, the. This will be the sign to you, the sign to you. This will be the sign to you. A sign has to be seen. If a sign is not seen, it has no impact. A sign, if it's seen, can draw you. And so I think visualizing the Lamb of God, Jesus, and what he's done is so important for physical healing. And that's what I want to talk a, a little bit about tonight, the importance of seeing the sign. And that's what we talked about this morning. I'm not going to re-preach what I taught, but I just want to kind of launch from that same point that we have to see the sign and we have to like it. We have to like it. And that's what these shepherds did. And no, notice again, the shepherds had no qualification for this assignment. They didn't have a very good resume. They didn't they 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 couldn't they couldn't you know paint a picture that they're qualified for anything. They're watching sheep in the fields. See, this is how much God loves you. God surprises you with himself in such a way that he fills you with an awe. And the Bible says that when these dudes announced the news, it wasn't out of duress, it wasn't out of being a spiritual evangelist. Or doing missionary work, they had an overflow of the awe of what the sign that drew them. The sign was the baby Jesus wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. We talked about that. That being a picture of the one who was to die. And we explained it all in the teaching this morning. So it's very, very important that we keep the eyes because then it says everybody that heard them marveled. And that's why I love the songs that you sang. This morning, I love the songs that you sang tonight. Some of them I've never heard before. And and I like them. Because they draw my heart into that whole beautiful work of the one. It's astonishing to me. I'm still amazed that I'm righteous. I mean, it amazes me almost every day. It amazes me that my sins have been forgiven, even recent ones. You know, I still don't live perfectly. Now, maybe you all do. God bless you. I don't. I got frailty. And you know what? God doesn't grade on a curve. If you're looking for a self-righteousness based on yourself, it has to be a self-righteousness according to the law. And God doesn't grade on a curve. If you miss it in one point, you're guilty the whole load. I'm guilty of all. That's why Paul the apostle understood the revelation, I'm the chiefest of sinners. He was talking about a self-righteousness according to the law. And so he would say later, if righteousness could come by your obedience to the law, Jesus died in vain. And if Jesus died in the vain, the sign has no value to you. The sign doesn't draw. The sign doesn't have the movement for you. See, that's why in our world today, I think in Christendom, whether it's in Orange County, Los Angeles, or where I'm from in the Midwest, or anywhere around the world, there's a lot of precious people who love the Lord, but they're not convinced of His love for them. That's why when I'm sick physically, when I'm under physical attack, or my wife, or my kids, or my grandkids, I take time not to love Him, but I take time to let Him love me in fact my personal equation in life anymore i don't get up trying to love god i get up to be loved by god i find that loving him is a reciprocal of him loving me in fact people say well Keith, well don't you go to all the these countries and do all these things oh i had a video tonight maybe we'll show it later maybe we won't i don't know what they sent but i think they sent something some mission uh, project or something but you know people say to me uh Well, don't you go just to try to get people to love God? And I say, no. You don't? What kind of minister are you? I say, I don't know. But, you know, that's not my my primary purpose, to get people to love God. My primary purpose as a preacher is to get people to be loved by God. Because when you're loved by the Father, you love God. Him, and you love those around you. Take time to be loved. And believe it. The apostle John said, You you have to know the love of God, but you have to believe it. Not love for God, the love of God. And you believe it. It changes everything. So in physical healing, I want to talk to you just about a couple of things tonight. Are you all glad you're here? This is, this is to me... Um, I was talking this week while I was in, uh, on this Latin America ministry tour to precious friend... And he was telling, telling me about this diagnosis he 's had in his body, and you know it 's not a good diagnosis which when you 're sick and ill, you know sometimes the reports are, are are frightening you know and horrible and your mind always shifts to worst case scenario H- have you noticed that? your mind always is attracted. The, the enemy of your soul will, will rush to your mindset to trap you with worst-case scenarios about the report. Isn't that true? And uh, you, 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 you have to deal with it. But sometimes what the enemy will do is if you have this mindset that's merit-based, you'll always keep your eyes on you trying to fix you. I know people have been sick. They always say, well, I'm going to try to live better. I'm not going to try to, you know, not be as angry. I'm going to try not to cuss as much. I'm going to try to treat my spouse better. You know, and they think of all these improvement things. And that's wonderful. That's wonderful. But that's not your victory. What you need to do is take time and be loved by the Lamb. Keep your eyes on what's been Posted. The Savior, who's the healer, who's the redeemer, who's the deliverer, who's your everything, who is your life, keep your eyes on what's posted, and then constantly just like it. Just like it. Just have moments in the nighttime, in moments in the daytime, where you say, "I believe it. I receive it. Because if you keep your eyes on you, you're drowning. You have to keep your eyes on the one who's rescuing you. Hallelujah. To me, that's really, really good news. Remember, I was thinking this afternoon about, you know, this is found in Numbers chapter 21 when Moses made the the snake. Lifted it. Whoever would look would live. You know, it's the imagery of Jesus, but it's a sign. Whoever would look would live. And so my encouragement to you in terms of physical healing, emotional healing, in terms of you're just frustrated or addictions or you're trapped by whatever, is just look to Jesus. I have a friend. He's a plumber. He's really a, a, a nice precious brother. And uh, in recent weeks, I've been just helping him. His world is falling apart. And um, his, his wife is uh, an alcoholic in a bad, bad, bad way. And so I would see him and talk with him and meet with him. And do you know he's always talking about himself, what he could do better, and her frailty, and her humanity, and her whatever. I said, hey, bro, listen. How about we change what we're looking at? How about we just look to the sign? Let's look to Jesus. Let's trust Jesus. Let's get overwhelmed by his love, his acceptance, his wholeness, his healing. Let's believe that God's got nothing on you. Let's believe that God's got nothing on your wife. Let's believe that our sins are forgiven, according to Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12. Let's believe that our sins are forgotten, according to the same verse. And let's just get so immersed in the beauty of the sign that we're drawn to the reconciling love which always heals. And uh, this morning, uh, before I came to church, my wife called me. It's always good when your wife calls, you know? And she just was chit-chatting, and uh, before I came to church, and how I was doing since I got in from Central America, and she was telling me about my friend, and she saw my friend's wife. Last night in how she just sat with her and, and just ministered to her. And the process of healing in her situation and in all of our situations is going to come from beholding the Lamb of God. We're going to look and we're going to live. See, what I do many times, maybe, maybe you don't have this temptation, but when my body's under attack, and unfortunately it is at times, my, <laughs> my temptation is to look to me. And, you know, I always get disappointed with me. Keith, you've been eating too much. Have you ever said that to yourself? Keith, you need to lose 25-plus pounds. I'm not going to tell you what I need to lose, but it's a miracle realm. Hallelujah. Uh, <laughs> Keith, you need to exercise more. Keith. You know, And I always, I always pressure Keith. Do you do that? And then I get disappointed in me and think, well, if I can be good enough... Then maybe, just maybe, God will heal me. I'm 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 looking now just strictly to the Creator. He triumphs over all, and uh, sure, He's going to ask us to do things to eat right and, uh, like my friend in Latin America was telling me, he's he's got himself on a ninety-day, you know, cleanse and. 90 day you know supplements and this and that and the other and I said man that's awesome hallelujah but to me the key is the lamb and the lamb of God which is God's love in Christ and just just focus and feed feed on the lamb so for physical healing what I do all the time is uh, I take communion um when i travel when I I, when i when 'm just home, I take communion. When I can tell our conversation with me and my wife is uh, is trapped in this world with nervousness about kids and grandkids any of you ever been there or family tree and when i when i when I sense my wife irritated and agitated. Or when she gets into the, I'm going to try to fix it mode. Or when she discerns it in me, which happens. You know what I do? I get out the wine, the juice. I get out the bread. I say, wait, here, we're, 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 we're off track here. We're trying to fix this, ourselves, and everything according to us. Let's look the one who fixes all things well. Let's look to Jesus in feed. Because what you want to do is get your eyes back to the sign. It's the sign that uh, makes you marvel. It's the sign that moves you. It's Jesus being lifted up in his death and his risenness that says, you've got to be kidding me. That in his death, he bore my sin. And in his resurrection, I'm justified. Like, wow. Wow. And I'm healed. I know you all have had a lot of teaching in healing school on Isaiah 53 and other passages like that. But it's so, so important that we have to always get our mindset back to the sign of the Lamb of God. So that Numbers chapter I was thinking about this afternoon and I thought it was kind of uh, kind of important that it had to be lifted. serpent had to be lifted. A sign of Jesus taking our sin. He lifted. If you would look, you would live. The Bible said everybody that looked lived. Not a bad deal. And when you think about, you know, the communion that Jesus initiated, he, he, he told the church, hey, do it often as you want. Do it often as you want. There are times in my life I do communion more than once a day. There are times times that I'll I'll do communion in the morning because I'm so disturbed about something in ministry or life or, you know, management of the whole people or money. And I get under such pressure. I'm disturbed in my spirit. And when my spirit's disturbed, I'm not looking to the lamb. I'm looking to me. I'm full of anxiety. So I have communion. time I get to my office, I'm ready for communion again. There's times, man, I feed and feed and feed on the Lamb of God. I feed on the Father's love for me. And I say I believe it. It's like calling for help drowning. The Savior saves. You don't save yourself. You, don't, you know, we use that term salvation. It's not just, you know, your sin's forgiven and you're going to heaven. We know it's the all-encompassing word, right? Healing, salvation, preservation, deliverance. Soundness of mind, right? Soteria is the word. So it's, it's, it's the idea that when you need saved, and healing is a very, very important component of that. It's important that uh, you're looking to Jesus to do all the saving. All of it. Every bit of it. Every bit of it. He saves to the uttermost. You know, sometimes I always think, you know, certain announcements or pronouncements over us are are the hard case issues. But Jesus dealt with hard case. I was thinking about this. I I looked it up here while I was sitting in the the room there, the green room. I need my glasses. I still carry a Bible. On this trip, I just, uh, I preached with my Bible, but I would use my phone. And uh, I need these glasses now to to be able to see Oh my goodness, you know about this man that was born by four? Jesus made a statement, this is in Mark 2, 9. What is easier to say to the paralyzed person? Your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, rise up, take your bed, and walk. Do You know, does anybody have a pen I can borrow? I don't have a pen. Can I borrow your pen? Here, just your... I just want to think of something. I, I preached a message a um, couple, three weeks ago about rise. Do you, know, do you know initiative in movement in ministry always comes with the revelation of the Lamb? When, when, when Jesus dealt with Saul, arise. huh? Go to this certain place and there you'll be told what you're going to do for me and, you know, all these kind of things. The, the, the What lifts you in life is seeing the sign. And I did this teaching. I've only done it once in my life. I like it. Maybe one day I'll do it here. I, I need to work on it. But notice, I was thinking right now. See, Jesus said to the paralytic, rise, take up your bed and walk. But, you know... Uh, You know, um, you can you can only, thank you, you can only respond uh, to what you're seeing. It lifts you, it moves you. Those of you who are suffering with physical pain or ailment, uh, those of you who are suffering with mental pressure and stress, those of you that are freaking out about your kids and grandkids, those of you that are measuring everything according to the flesh, what you have to do is just sit home and take communion and behold the Lamb. Because with Jesus, there's not a hard case. Whether it's the forgiveness of sin or saying to the paralytic, rise, take up your bed and walk. But it comes from beholding in looking unto Jesus. And so that's why um, I want to encourage you tonight in the whole fact of having your heart totally fixed on his love for you, his acceptance of you, his deliverance of you, and live your life astonished with him and call on his name. Go with me, if you would, to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Paul teaches us to pray to really see the sign. Look at verse 15. Therefore, I also after heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. In other words, have your heart filled with the knowledge of his love, his acceptance, his redeeming work on your behalf. Live with the pre-approved mindset. I I know it fights everything we believe in our our culture, in society, but live before the Father with the concept of the work of the one, that you're pre-approved through the work of another. So get your knowledge of him as as your focus. Verse 18, That the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us, who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also that also in that which is to come. And he put all things under our feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him, who fills all in all. Hallelujah, such goodness, but let your mind be filled with the revelation of the knowledge of Jesus and the knowledge of what Jesus has done. And when you do, you remain, uh, you remain in faith, you remain in hope, you remain uh, thrilled. You remain, I'll never forget, you know, when I yelled, save me! And I'm going down, I think, my, this is the last time I'm going down and struggling to get up, and, you know, I went down three times. But somehow, save me! And when I saw that lifeguard dive off and come at me, Speaking all the way, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I'm 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 here. It's okay. It's okay. You know. And whatever whatever the lifeguard was saying, I, I can't even remember all that. But but the lifeguard was communicating with me to keep my eyes on the lifeguard, not my eyes on me. It's very important that you you see the sign, and that's why I I, I personally like imagery. I like, I like spiritual imagery. I personally like to go into the great old cathedrals in different countries. Down in uh, Panama, there's a great old cathedral in, in Col- Colombia where I was. There's a great churches and cathedrals. I like the imagery that I see of the finished work of Jesus. I like it. I use, I use imagery because to me it's part of the sign. This is the sign unto you, a Savior. And so that's why even with communion, it's, it's the imagery of the body of Christ and the blood of the Lamb. This, according to the Father, says, I'm good. I'm going to eat. I'm going to drink. I'm going to be married. Yeah. It, 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 it puts you in a place where there's... Victory where there's hope, where there's manifestation, where there is healing. So, God's grace, God's mercy, is enough for you. Is enough for you. My wife Heidi has been suffering with uh, her knees, and um, so I mean we're 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 walking out, living out what I'm trying to preach. You know <laughs> and I know it's, it's harder to do than uh, it, it's easier to preach it than to, to, to actually live through the the process. I, I understand, I understand. But the beautiful thing is that uh, that Jesus does a perfect, perfect work. In all of our lives, so I just want to encourage you not to be discouraged, not to be full of fear. I want you to keep looking to the sign of the Lamb of God and uh know that he is enough he 's enough he 's enough he's enough he 's enough, he's enough you know what i what I like about healing many times is it's 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 just like it just happens it 's it's like it's not something uh, that was a sudden uh, thing. I, I think the the healings in, in my life many times weren't weren't the instant things. It was just something I walked out into the reality of realizing, "Hey, I'm whole. I'm healed." You know, um, so I, I don't 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 calculate things uh, in count yourself out of something. Just keep looking. Keep looking, keep announcing the news, keep being astonished, and and you'll see the Father in His love and His grace and His mercy raise you up, make you every whithole, every whithole, every whithole. Hallelujah. I know there's uh, healing um, some of us need uh, when it comes to relationships, and um, it's amazing, you know, how troubling... We can be one to another. Have you, have you noticed that? I mean, it's it's amazing how how families who love one another can trouble one another. And and, and you can live with these things. And what I find in, in, in my life with Heidi and, and I, we, we have to, with our world, we, we have to always, I always tell Heidi, Heidi, listen. Let's look to Jesus. You've proved to yourself and to me and to everyone else that you can't fix them. I've proved to you, to everybody else, I can't fix them. So, you know what? Let's just look to the sign. Let's be happy. Let's be astonished. Let's give so-and-so to Jesus. Let's just give them to Jesus. He's the Savior. And you know what? If the Savior has to get their attention in the night hour or when they're unconscious, the Savior can do the work. Let's rest in his love and see him work. And you know, we've seen God work in things that like we thought could never be fixed. It's amazing to me. He does supernaturally, abundantly above all that we can ask or think. So I want to encourage you tonight. Keep looking to the Lamb of God. Keep looking to the sign. This will be the sign unto you. You're going to find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in the manger. The picture of the one who was to come was to die and rise up, redeeming, rescuing all of us who would believe. And that's, that's, that's true for your physical healing too. You're, you're, you're loved by the Father. And just, just practice being loved. Practice being loved. When I was preaching in Panama... On Friday night, it was a big sanctuary. It seats about 5,600 people. It wasn't full, but they had a couple thousand people there. And, and, and I, I was teaching them about the importance to be loved. Just be loved. If, if, if you can train your heart to be loved, your love for the Father will never fail. Never. But if you just try to love God based on your own initiative, trust me, you're going down for the count. You're just not that good. But if you put yourself in a place to be loved by the Father, your love for Him is always a reciprocal. And then you know your eyes are always on Him, not on you trying to do something. Your eyes are always on Him receiving something. You're receiving constantly an abundance of grace. You're receiving constantly the revelation of your righteousness, and I'm reigning in this life. And it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with him. It's all the sign of Jesus. And live that way when you're hurting. Live that way when you're in pain. Live that way when you're taking your medication. Live that way. Live that way being loved. This is what I'm doing right now in my life. I'm just being loved by the Father because everything in my world doesn't look all that good. doesn't feel all that good. But I'm being loved by the Father. So I can say, it is well with my soul. And it's well with your soul. Jesus is always to the rescue. He's the Savior and He saves to the uttermost. Did you like the word tonight? Hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Glory to God. Hallelujah.